Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. We're glad that you have joined us today. We want to bring you some good news from the Word of God. In a bad news world, what we need desperately is some good news, and you're not going to get it from the news outlets because... They're reporting not just fake news, there are fake news outlets, but there's some bad news to be reported, and it's getting worse, it seems, every single day that time remains. Fulfilling the scripture that evil men and seducers will will wax worse and worse. This means will become exponentially worse as time goes on. And we're seeing that today in our society, in our culture, and all around the world. We're seeing the expression of evil as, as many parts of the world, including here in our beloved America are becoming God-free zones where we do not, you know, this separation of church and state has become a, a, a separation that is ever widening to where if, if you mention God in any context in the public marketplace, uh, people want to shut it up and shut it out. But you know what that's done as we push God out, as, as we, as, as we we uh, say we can't have a manger scene at Christmas in the public square because someone who is atheist or someone uh, who is of another religion is going to be offended in this woke society that we're living in. We're pushing God further and further out, and it's leaving an opening for the enemy to come in and express himself, and we're seeing the result of making God-free zones in our world today. We're seeing the enemy express his evil intentions through people like never, ever before. Psychologists, sociologists are still boggled in their mind. They're they can't figure out why people do the things like walk into an elementary school as has happened this very week. And, and kill innocent children. What, what, what possesses, and that's the word, that's the key word. We know as Christians what possesses someone to do such a thing. That's why we're told to give no place to the devil. Amen. Because if we give place to him, we, we, we become under his influences and evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So today we're going to talk about something that I believe is very, very important. We're going to talk about, amen, remember to remember. Remember to remember, there are so many hateful, hurtful things going on in our world today that it's vitally important that we do not become so distracted by them that we get our eyes off of Him. And that's why we're talking about remember to remember. I want to mention 
the words of Jesus as, as, as spoken so many times in that memorial service of Him and His sacrificial death on the cross. We need to remember that today. In spite of all the distractions and discouragements, this is the good news in the midst of the bad news. Remember to remember. Amen. Listen, Jesus said in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four and 25, speaking of his body that would be torn and pierced and broken for us. He, when he broke the bread, symbolic of his body, he said, this is my body which is broken for you as often as you eat this bread. Do it in remembrance of me took the cup, said the same thing in essence. This is the New Testament in my blood, the new covenant in my blood. Both of them end with this word, this do, in remembrance of me. So the Lord suffer the Eucharisto, which means thanksgiving. They call it the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper. Uh, They call it by different names, but it's always a memorial to what He did for us on His cross. Amen. The breaking and piercing, tearing of His body, and the pouring out of His shed blood. Amen. So Holy Communion, therefore, is is to help us uh, to, to never forget and never take for granted what we should remember. And I can tell you at my age and stage of life, uh, as we age physically, we sometimes have trouble remembering. A man went out to visit his aging grandfather in the country, <laughs> and he saw a beautiful calico cat in the front yard. What's the cat's name, he asked. You know that pretty flower that is usually red but comes in other colors and smells so good? A rose, his grandson said. That's it, said Grandpa. Turning to his wife on the porch, he said, Hey, Rose, do you remember what we named that cat? Listen, friend, as time passes, memories begin to fade The same is true spiritually as time passes. We can lose sight of the suffering of our Savior at the cross. We can fail to remember the kind of love that God has loved us with. The love that held Him to the tree. It wasn't the nails, dear friend. It wasn't Caesar's Rome and all of its political and military might. It wasn't Pilate's decree. It wasn't the Roman soldiers stationed at the foot of the cross. It wasn't the Sanhedrin priest. It was love for you and me. So I'm going to make a statement here, and I want you to hear it clearly, because we need to remember what Christ has done for see what we need in the midst of this chaos and crisis is a true spiritual revival something that will touch and change hearts and lives something that will give hope in the midst of the hopelessness that is around the world Amen. I remember this book of the Bible in Lamentations after the book of Jeremiah. He preaches to his generation. No one turns their life around. No one repents. No one returns to the Lord. And now his God's covenant people are going into slavery in to be enslaved in Babylon. They've lost the battle with the enemy and the enemy is prevailing over them.
And when Jeremiah saw it, it crushed him, it broke him. And he said, when I consider the wormwood and the gall, all of the bitterness of it all, my soul is humbled within me in Lamentations 3. That word humbled is not the virtue of humility that God honors so much. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you. Jesus humbled himself and, and went to the cross for us. Friend, it, this is the word for crushed that he used for humility because it was crushing him and pressing him down. And he said, this I recall to mind. Therefore, have I hope. He had to remember something to give him hope. And what he remembered was that that character of God that is unchanging even when his own covenant children had disobeyed and now were being chastised and punished by the enemy overwhelming them and enslaving them. And he said, Thy mercies are new every morning. I recall that to mind. Great is thy faithfulness. Faithfulness in a particular aspect of his character that was so important to have hope that there would come a day of restoration and restitution. Glory be to God and rescue from Babylon. Even though it didn't look like it was going to ever happen, it did happen. And Jeremiah saw it by faith because of the hope that he had in God. But he had to recall this to mind and not be so distracted. That's why I'm bringing you this message that is so important today that we might have hope in spite of what we're seeing occur today. Listen, true revival is not just when the power of God falls upon us. That's truly a blessing from above, and it's the result of a true revival. It doesn't begin with just sinners coming to Christ. That's also the result of a true revival. It's not just miracles nor healing alone in and of themselves. That also is a result of a true revival. It's when our hearts melt again at the foot of the cross. The first love is rekindled. The passionate desire to worship Him and serve Him with true devotion is welling up in our hearts. True revival is not just the stirring of our emotions, although emotions surely will be stirred. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and it will begin in our spirit, and it will spill over into our emotions, and we will we will be glad, as the song says, He has made me glad. Amen. But it's rather the deepening of our devotion. We lay aside every sin and weight that does so easily beset us and run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, and and focusing literally upon Him, and in a particular way, once again. For it says, consider Him, in the next verse, that suffered such a great 
contradiction of sinners against himself unless you become weary and faint in your own mind. When I am hurting, I'm thinking about me. When I am considering Jesus' death for me and suffering for me on the cross, my focus is not on me anymore. It is on Him who died for me. And I come up out of that depression and that discouragement and praise once again comes alive in my heart and comes out through my mouth. Glory be to God. Amen. Listen. We lay aside every sin and weight that does so easily beset us. We want, run with perseverance the race that is set before us. We literally take up our cross and we follow the Lord in spite of the, the forces that are arrayed against us, the, the distractions that are all around us. Praise God. The great revivalists down through time were not just known for their anointings and appointings, even though they were highly anointed and appointed to their positions and their influence. It wasn't just their preaching, although it was anointed and powerful, or their spiritual gifts. It was their abiding love for the Lord that was the foundation for their power and effectiveness. That ever-deepening love for Christ caused them to consecrate and dedicate themselves to His service. And out of that consecration to Him came the anointing that flowed from them and touched so many hearts and so many lives. We need to remember Jesus dying for us to kindle the first love. And if the first love is waning, to rekindle the first love. That's what Jesus said when he said you've, you've to, to the, to the church of Ephesus. He said, you've got so many things that I commend you for, but I have something against you that's so vitally important. If you don't fix it, I'm going to come to you quickly and remove your lampstand. Listen. And what was it? He said, you've left your first love. Remember, here, here again, remember, recall to mind from whence you have fallen and do your first works. If you want the first love back, you've got to remember how it was in your heart and life when you had the first love. And then rekindle the flame of it, praise God, by doing your first words. What did you do when you had that sweetheart love for the Lord? You couldn't wait to get in His house. <laughs> Amen. You couldn't wait to gather with the saints and worship Him. You loved to find a place and a time and a space to pray and talk with Him and commune with Him. You loved to open the Bible and find a verse that speaks to you, hear a word from the preacher on Sunday morning that speaks to you. Glory to God. You love to seek Him. Hallelujah. Amen. You love to gather with the saints of God. Start reading again. Start praying again. Start singing again. Start turning the channel to Christian music. Hallelujah. Amen. Instead of the blues. Holy Communion is, is to help us remember. The Word of God is to help us remember when we consider what He's done at the cross, the sins that we have been forgiven, we must also not just remember Jesus dying for us to stimulate the first love, amen, and to keep it burning brightly. We must also remember to forget. The devil is called the accuser of the brethren. 
in Revelation 12. He has a big shovel. And he digs up our past sins and tries to condemn us and convince us that we're unworthy of God's love and favor. Listen to Psalm 103, verse 8 through 12. It said, The Lord is merciful. That's what Jeremiah remembered and recalled to mind. And is gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. But he hath not dealt with us, verse 10, dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. <laughs> For as the heavens is high above the earth, so great is his mercy to them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. You know, the New Testament said, As it is written, saith the Lord, I will cast their sins away from them as far as the east is from the west, and their sins will I remember no more. Friend of mine, we need to remember what Christ has done for us at the cross and, and remember to forget the sins of our past that are forgiven, that are remitted, that are no longer associated with us. Jesus compare, declared at the Last Supper the pattern for the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. This is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for the sins of many. Listen to Hebrews 8 verse 10 through 12. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them uh, their God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. The next time the devil reminds you where you've been, just remind him where he's going and close your ears to that. Don't let him condemn you when God said there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Praise God. Listen, the devil is not the only accuser. So is our own conscience, and God uses it to convict us. But the devil would like to use that same conscience he's put in us to condemn us. God wants us to respond to conviction by repenting so he can cleanse us of our iniquities, forgive our transgressions. The devil wants to condemn us and say, you've just sinned too much. God can't possibly love you. He will not hear you. He will not help you. And he is a liar and the father of it. Hebrews ten nineteen through 23, listen. Having therefore, brethren, boldness, to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our heart 
sprinkled from an evil conscience. What is that? That's a guilty conscience, dear friend. Amen. That's that, that remembering all of those things that make us feel guilty, ashamed, and unworthy, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession, literally confession here, of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. Glory, if God promised to forgive you, to remit your sins, to never remember them, we should take Him at His word, and we should quit letting the devil shame us and try to disqualify us from entering in to the presence of God. If there's sin in your life, confess it, repent of it, and receive this wonderful mercy that produces this this amazing grace. Praise God. An evil conscience is a conscience that continues to feel the guilt of our sins that have been forgiven. An evil conscience is a burdened conscience, diseased by guilt. Guilt is a heavy, heavy load, and it suffocates the soul. You cannot trust your feelings, dear friend. You must take God at His word and hold fast your profession of faith without wavering. For He is faithful that promised. Amen. Listen, the devil will accuse you. Your conscience will try to accuse you. And unless you have it sprinkled from that by claiming all, literally the efficacy of the blood of Jesus Christ. And unforgiving people, some people will not forgive us, but always continue to accuse us. Listen, Jesus' death and resurrection is our defense. Romans eight thirty one through 34. It says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son. This is what we need to remember. And this is what he wants to help us remember today. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Hallelujah. Many times as Christians, we forget what we should remember, and we remember what we should forget. Today, and as we consider the need to remember what Jesus has done for us, and to forget those sins of our past, and to forget those, those things that the enemy will, will bring forward and want us to dwell upon, you know, I, I heard one of the worst stories I've ever heard, heart-rending, heartbreaking. A pastor had failed, and, and, and the failure had come out, and we've got Christian leaders falling. I'm in no way justifying that, no way saying it's okay in any sense, but this dear man 
And it's debatable whether he ever came to Christ or he didn't really come to Christ. And people can certainly preach without coming to Jesus. They can learn to preach at a seminary. They can learn to make outlines from scriptures. I understand that. But this dear man, I believe that he had come to Christ because his conscience convicted him and and he he when it all came out he decided to take his own life because he couldn't bear the shame and the pain of his failure he had failed god he had failed his family he had failed his his testimony he had failed his church and his walk and in in his in his deep deep depression he took his own life. And friend of mine, that is not the answer. If he had recalled this to mind, even if he wasn't a Christian and he had put the whole thing on, and maybe that's why he went to that extreme. Maybe a true Christian wouldn't go to that extreme, but I have known true Christians that have felt that deep of a depression. The Apostle Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, of the trouble we experienced in Asia, how we were pressed beyond measure. And he, did, he, wasn't, he wasn't fatalistic in the sense of taking his life, but he certainly was wishing that he was no longer alive. That's a heavy load he was bearing. He said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning the trouble we experienced in Asia, how we were pressed beyond measure, beyond human endurance, let's put it that way, and we despaired of life itself, that we might learn not to trust in ourselves, but to trust in God. See, we have to recall something to mind. We have to recall and remember what we should remember and we need to forget. Remember to forget what we need to forget. Praise God. Oh, dear friend of mine, if that poor man had remembered what Jeremiah had recalled to mind, thy mercies are new every morning. Thy mercies are new every morning. Therefore have I hope. Praise God. Amen. Even the psalmist David in deep depression said, Soul, why art thou cast down within me? <laughs> Amen. He's going, Hope thou in God. Hope thou in God. For he shall yet be the health of thy countenance. He remembered the mercy of God, the goodness of God, the grace of God. Not just the power of God, but the person who extends mercy and grace, hallelujah, and keeps a covenant of love to a thousand generations. Glory be to God, all friend of mine. Today, no matter where this finds you today, in the midst of the chaos and the crisis and the depression that is setting in and the hopelessness that is setting in around the world, we can be the bearers of hope but we have to take hold of it first and express it in our life. Amen. Hallelujah. That, that's what gives, that's what draws people to us so we can share our testimony. <laughs> Amen. The Bible said, be instant in season, out of season. 
always ready to give an answer to all men for the reason of the hope that is within you. You see, hope is something that hopeless people desperately need. And the Bible said of everyone that is not a Christian, amen, they are without hope because they are without God in this world. That's the most horrible place to be. You wonder why people drink up and shoot up and toke up. It's because they are without hope. Men's hearts failing them for fear and looking at the things which are coming on the earth. A sign of the soon coming of Jesus is what would be occurring on the earth. And it is a hopelessness because of a helplessness. Oh, friend of mine, aren't you glad if you're a Christian today that we are never without hope because we're never without help? Hallelujah. And dear friend of mine, if you don't know Jesus today, there is hope for you and there is help for you because there is mercy that is extended to you today. Amen. And if you feel like there is no hope and the burden is unbearable, I want you to know that God is reaching out to you today. He's reaching way down to you today. If you're a Christian today and you've been so distracted by what's happening in in this last day perilous time, amen. Oh, friend, recall to mind what Jesus has done for you and His promise to come for you and to come back for you. You know, in the Holy Communion service, He said, as often as you do this in remembrance of Me, you do show the Lord's death till He come. He wanted to look back at the cross to to get the courage they needed, the strength they needed to go forward in their life and leave the past behind. And he wanted them to look forward to the soon coming of the bridegroom for the bride. Jesus is indeed coming soon. And I can't wait to see Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. This is what we need today. Let us forget and leave behind the guilt and shame of past sins and in bold faith enter into the presence of God and receive all He's promised and fulfill all that He's purposed. Philippians three thirteen and 14 says it well. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting, remember to forget, those things that are behind and the and reaching forth to those things which are before he's remembering amen i press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of god in christ jesus hallelujah friend of mine today if you are a christian depression can touch you just like it touches anybody else Unless you remember, unless you remember, His mercies are new every morning. Recall to mind His promise to never leave you, never forsake you, to go with you every step of the way. In this world, He promised tribulation to prepare us for the pressure, the anguish of living in a fallen world. 
But he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Literally, I've robbed it of power to harm you. If you will follow me, hallelujah, I've gone before you. I've conquered every foe. (laughs) Hallelujah. You don't just go forth to get the victory. You go forth following Jesus to celebrate a victory that has already been won by him in our behalf. And that's how you get the victory. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, friend. It's time to rise up. As the Old Testament writer said, Stand up on your feet. Shake yourself from the dust, O captive daughter of Zion. Hallelujah. And today, if you're not a Christian, if you're not a Christian, you're without hope because you're without God in this world. And God wants to help you. God is reaching out to you. I don't know how deep in the darkness you are today, but I challenge you now. I adjure you now in the name of Jesus Christ. It might be a feeble hand, but reach it up by faith. I'm talking about in your spirit, your mind, your soul. Reach out to Him. Cry out to Him. (laughs) David said, I cried unto the Lord. He heard me delivered me from all of my fears. May I say also he'll wipe away all of your tears. Reach out to Jesus because he's reaching down to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.